Welcome to Jury Duty, I'm your host, Chris Terracone. Season 8 of Jury Duty explores the trial of Alex Murdoch, a member of one of the most powerful families in South Carolina, who is accused of murdering his son Paul and his wife Maggie, with the purpose of covering up a multitude of alleged crimes including fraud and homicide. In our last episode, we concluded our review of the testimony of Mark Tinsley, the lawyer who represented the family of Mallory Beach in their legal battle against the Murdoch family for the death of Ms. Beach in a boating accident caused by Paul Murdoch. In this installment, we present our look at the testimony of Blanca Simpson, a longtime friend of Maggie Murdoch who also worked for the Murdoch family. That's all coming up right after the break. 
from the time I got there and still having to do um, your daily duties in the office and nobody's helping you, it, you tend to burn out pretty quick. So, um, so if an incident, I made a decision to leave. So if an incident happened when they needed a translator, I your was phone call, got called. I, was, I had to stop what I was doing and respond to whatever incident dealing with the Hispanic inmates. What did you do after that? I um, went into real estate for a little bit, which was not so good because that's when the market crashed. And, and again, for my, well, for the jury's edification, what year is this when you quit the prison? Two thousand seven. And you're living where? In Brunson. I'm sorry. Brunson. So how how long did you stay in real estate? Maybe about a year and a half. Um, your family's grown at this point, I presume. Yes, sir. Okay. Did there come a point that you? met the defendant, Alex Murdoch. Yes, sir. Can you tell them how that happened? Tell the ladies and gentlemen how that transpired. When I, when I first moved to um, Gifford with my husband, um, like I said, I was bored, so I went to work at the grocery store. At the grocery store, um, and during the time that I moved, there was not a lot of Hispanic families living in that area. Um, it has since grown in the years. Um, I, met, uh, I met a lady who I befriended, you know, um, she was uh, Hispanic, and um, we started talking because she was the only other Hispanic person that I had actually seen in the area. So we started talking back and forth, and it was nice, nice to speak in your native tongue with somebody. And um, her son had an accident at the school on his way after school, walking to the car, and he had gotten hurt. Um, one of the ladies that, that worked at the school had recommended that she um, use an attorney from Walterboro. And a um, couple of months had gone by, and I noticed that um, there was a, she was under a lot of stress. And as, she, as, um, as I talked to her, she said, I just have to get all these documents. I don't understand. She still she spoke English, but it was very broken English. So she was having a difficult time explaining what she needed for the attorney. So I told her, I said, well, I said, I'm going to find you an attorney. I'll, um, I'll look around, I said, and we'll go ahead and fire that attorney and hire you a new one. And because um, we didn't want the statute of limitations to run out on her case. So at that point, I started looking around, and I happened to walk into the law firm. And um, it was the old offices where I met Alex. Just walked in, and that's where you met the defendant, Alex Murdoch. Yes, sir. Okay. And you were trying to assist this individual who was having trouble communicating with her prior attorney. Don't mention whoever that attorney was, but you helped her get a new attorney. Yes, sir. Did you help with that case, that particular case with this friend? Yes, sir. He told me he would um, take the case. Who is he? Who's Alex he? told me he would, he would take the case as long as I translated it and helped him with the details um, because he didn't have anybody in the office that was bilingual, and I agreed. You were a... Hot commodity, weren't you? I mean, there was a need for translators. Yes, sir. Um, so you helped with that case? Yes, sir. I did. Did, did you assist in other cases with the... Uh, yes, sir, I did. Uh, At times, Alec would call me and ask him if I could assist in translating or um, when there were accidents and the folks were um, injured. If they did not speak the English language, um, he would ask me to translate. And were you getting paid for this service? Yes, sir. Um, he would. It wasn't a set fee. It was just depending on the case, you know, whatever I did, whether it was to get him signed up with a law firm, um, basically, you know, or if I had any um, type of um, 
in, in the Hispanic community when you, when you are in trouble or you're in need of something. And a lot of times those accidents, when they happen in the area, they are not um, from here. The, the language barrier is a, is a big thing for them. So my instinct was more to make sure that they were well accommodated and they, whatever they needed. So sometimes um, he would reimburse me for my out-of-pocket whenever I helped the individuals you know, who were in the accident. And that went on for a period of time when you were assisting either Alex Murdoch or the law firm. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Okay. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Prosecutor Metters next asks Blanca Simpson about how she transitioned from working for Alex Murdoch's law firm to working for his family. Did that change into a caregiver, if you will, or respectfully, I don't mean housekeeper or whatever term you'd like to call it for Maggie Murdoch? Yes, sir. Um, Alex had called me and said Maggie was looking for um, a person to help her in the home. And at that point, real estate wasn't really doing much um, for me, and so I Told I couldn't find anybody I I had asked around, um, and at that point I told him I said, "Well, I'll help her," and he was like, "Are you sure?" I was like, "Yeah, I'll help her." I said, "It's no big deal to me. It's honest work." So um, I said and that I would help her. You were clearly qualified. Yes, sir. So what did you start doing for I, the Murdals or Mag Maggie Murdal? I started helping um, the other ladies in the house with the cleaning, with um, running errands, um, going running to the bank for her, whatever she needed me to do. And when did that start? In 2007. And were the two young children, or the two children, uh, all in Buster Murdoch, were they younger? At the, obviously they were younger. You yes, sir, they were young. And would you have interaction with them and or Alex Murdoch during this time period? Yes, sir. H how often were you working for the Murdochs? At that point, it was maybe every other day, um, depending on how, how, how often she needed me. Um, and where was that? Where specifically were you working? Where was their house? At the house in, on Holly Street in Hampton. How long did that go on before you stopped? Or, and tell them why you stopped. Um, I, I worked there with them on and off. Like I said, not on and off, I shouldn't say that. Um, every, every two to three days, you know, or it wasn't a, a daily thing at that point. Then I did go probably about, I, I can't recall whether it was a few months later or a couple, or a couple weeks later, um, there was an incident at the house and um, somebody had tried to burn the house. So that's when I actually went and started helping her more full time because she had to go through a lot of, um, a lot of the damages and all that helped her. I helped her document a lot of whatever damages were done from the diesel and stuff that was spilt all throughout the house. By the individual. Prosecutor Metters clarifies the intent of his question. And maybe I wasn't clear on my question. Did, did there come a point where you had some help? Yes, sir. Um, at one point, um, I suffered a stroke and I had to um, stop working um, and go through rehab for a while. 
And what year was that? Um, 17 and 18, maybe? Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. So prior to your stroke and you had to go to rehab, rehab how long did you work for the Murdoch's? It was a few years by then. How long were you out after you had your stroke? Maybe almost four years. Did there come a point where you went back and started working with Alex, with the Murdoch family? Yes, sir. And, and tell these folks when that was. Shortly after the um, boating accident, I... Um, reached out to Alex and Maggie and I told them if they needed anything that they could um, call on me and at that point Maggie um, said that she would li like for me to come back if I was able to so I told her I would um, at that point I was feeling better so I, I told her that I would go back and uh, once I went back it was like I actually never left Prosecutor Metters confers with his colleagues for a moment, and then clarifies a detail with Ms. Simpson. I was just informed the stroke was in 2015, not 2017. Yes, I apologize. Sir. Yes. So after your recovery, you started working and actually called them, the Murdoch family, and said, "If y'all need anything, if, if y'all need anything, you know, I'm here." Um, and I don't think anybody will dispute that was in February of 2019. Yes, sir. Yes. Sir. So when you went back to work with the family after the boating accident, tell, tell these folks what were your duties then? What was your job? Um, I started right back at the same thing. I was helping with the cleaning. I was helping running errands. I would cash checks. I would, and what I say by cashing checks for Maggie, sometimes she didn't have time or she was busy doing other things, so she would send me to the bank to cash checks to pay the people that, were, that she had working around the house. Uh, the maintenance line, you know, that sort of thing, whatever she was doing around the house. Where were they living, the Murdoch family, at this point in 2019? Both places. Okay, tell the folks where, where both places. Moselle and um, Hampton. So you're working at both residences? Yes, sir, I, both. Did there come a time where they moved uh, exclusively for the primary residence to, well, where was their primary residence? Their primary residence was... Um, Holly Street, and once they sold the house, they moved straight into Moselle, full-time. Prosecutor Metters next asks Ms. Simpson about her personal relationship with Maggie Murdoch. I heard much about Maggie, and I'm limited what I can say in a murder case, but did y'all get um, fairly close? Yes, sir. And when you had quit working for her and you had your stroke, did you ever see her during that time period when you weren't working for her? Yes, sir. M Maggie would... Um, I would see her in town, and um, she would often uh, signal me to pull over. So we just used to stop sometimes and uh, just talk and see how things were going at the local um, CVS. Just to catch up? Just to catch up and see how everybody was doing. And, and prior, when you were working and after, would you, and I'm not asking to say what, but y'all got close and would talk personal things? Yes, sir. I'd like for you to go back in your mind now and take this jury back to um, June 7th, 2021. Yes, sir. You were working there for the Murdoch's then? Yes, sir. That's a Monday. Do we all know that, June 7th? Yes, sir. When had you worked prior to that? At, at Moselle, probably, for them? Friday. And at that point, had you seen, what family members did you see at Moselle on Friday, which would have been the... June 4th of 2021. Do you remember? Paul. 
And um, what was your interaction with Paul that day? Paul walked through the door, um, his usual self. Um, I was walking out of the laundry room, coming into the kitchen, and Paul came in the front door, and he was holding a, um, a laundry basket full of, full of clothes. And uh, as he was approaching me, he saw me, and he said, what, what's up, Miss B? And uh, I just looked at him. I said, boy, I said, if you got all them dirty clothes and you want me to take care of that, I said, I'm getting ready to leave. He's like, oh, come on, Miss B. You can help me out. He said, I need them for the weekend. He said, I said, well, just pull a couple of them out what you need, and I'll, I'll take care of it. And uh, I ended up staying late to make sure that he had his um, clothing ready for the weekend. As Ms. Simpson recounts this anecdote, Alex Murdoch appears to be affected emotionally. So you, did you wash the clothes for the entire family? Was that part of your... Yes, I did. And did Paul leave that Friday? I saw him leave. I don't know whether he was actually gone for the weekend or if he was still. Did you ever see him again? No, sir. Did you have um, regular hours in June of 2021 that you worked at Moselle for the Murdoch family? There weren't really set hours. Maggie was pretty, um, she, she was just easygoing. If I had stuff to do, if I had stuff to take care of, um, she wasn't really too keen on any specific hours. Um, so, you know, if I had a doctor's appointment or if I had anything, she'd be like, okay, no, her main thing was, her main comment to me always was no worries. No worries. No worries. Well, June 7th specifically, were you scheduled to work at Mazelle? Yes, sir. Okay. And did you have contact with Miss Maggie Murdahl sometime prior to getting to Mazelle that morning? Yes, sir. And I think it's in evidence, but tell these folks what contact you had with her. Um, she um, she texted me and asked me if I could stop at the um, grocery store on my way to Moselle because Alex wanted some Capri Suns. Some what? Capri Suns. Okay. Um, and she said uh, apple, and I believe she said pineapple first, and then they changed. She came back with another text and said, no, he wants... Orange, I believe that's what he said. That's what the text said. I'm not. And did you try to get some orange Capri Suns? Yes. Where'd you go? I went to the um, Food Lion. And were you successful in your search for no. orange Capri Suns? No, sir. Prosecutor Metters hands Ms. Simpson a document. I'll show you what's Mark's finished for, for the record. Do you have any other? text with Miss Maggie before you got to Mazelle. Yes. Maggie um Maggie um told me she had to go to a doctor's appointment and she said that um in the text Maggie said Alec wants me to come home and um she said um and in a phone conversation she she told me she said um I left some food in the refrigerator. Um is there any way that you can cook? Paul likes the way you cook. So um she said, because I don't think I'll be back in time. So I said, yeah, sure. I said, I'll do it. So it was nothing. I finished what I was doing, and then I started cooking, making sure the meal was ready um, for when Paul and they, they arrived at home, well, that afternoon. And um, we had another conversation on the phone um, where um, she told me, she said, Alec wants me to come home. And she kind of sounded like she didn't want to come home. Um, and uh, she, because she really liked being at Edisto. 
and they had a lot of work that was going on and she was trying to make sure everything was ready um, for the 4th of July gathering that they she was planning. So she wanted, she was very detail orientated, so she wanted everything perfect. So she was kind of, she sounded like she was a little disappointed. And then she said, well, um, Alec asked Paul to come home too because he's got to fix the mess up out there that the um, that CB had um, done. Um, that CB road? Yes, sir. And he said Alec, Alec had told Paul to come and fix it because they were planning on a, having a hunt that weekend, so he wanted everything ready and good to go. So he'd asked Maggie to come, and then he had asked Alex to come. That's what Maggie Paul to come. Paul, that's what Maggie told me over the phone. And, and looking at states, excuse me, defendant fifty-four. Uh, can you read that text? Prosecutor Metters places the document in front of Ms. Simpson so she can read it. He said, thank you. I'm waiting at doctor. Alex wants me to come home. I had to leave. Door open at Edisto, but trust Mexicans to shut and lock for me. His dad is back in the hospital. The last doctor claims not cancer, it's pneumonia. And then she's got some emojis. She said, Alec is about to die. Hope he doesn't go down there to sleep. Needs to take care of himself as well. And when she said, trust the Mexicans, leave the door up, and that didn't bother you? No, sir. When she said, I guess my question is, you said you didn't think she wanted to. Judge Clifton Newman asks Prosecutor Metters to move from Ms. Simpson's side so that the jury can see the witness as she answers his questions. Mr. Metters, you're standing in front of the jurors. I apologize. When um, you had just testified you didn't think she wanted to come home, well, she get, was work being done at Edista? Yes, sir. Okay. And did she like being at Edista? Yes, sir, she did. And when would she stay at Edista? Any chance she had. Okay. And with that, we bring to a close this episode of Jury Duty, the trial of Alex Murdoch. Please join us on our next installment as we continue our review of the testimony of Blanca Simpson. Also, check out the Crime Story podcast, Night Raid, wherever you get your podcasts. And, if you'd like to listen to these episodes early and ad-free, head over to our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. You can find more information about this trial on our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page or at crimestory.com. Jury Duty is created and produced by Carrie and Tholis. It was co-produced, written, and edited by yours truly, Chris Terracone. Music for this episode was provided by Strike Audio. Trial audio is courtesy of Law & Crime Networks. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you will come back for the next episode of Jury Duty.